Hello, this is Dave Self. I'm not here right now. It'd be kind enough to leave you, me your name and phone number. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you so much. Bye. Hello, this is Joe Self. Welcome to my newest podcast and social challenge, The Best of Challenge, where we are doing our part to raise up hope in humanity by bringing people together by what seemingly sets us apart. Clifton Strengths, a branch of positive psychology and my area of expertise, is behind this motivation to launch this podcast. That, along with a dream of creating a world where talents aren't wasted, potentials can be reached, and happiness is contagious. One of the main tenets of Clifton Strengths is that differences are an advantage, and I believe this deeply and completely. Differences are what makes us stronger. Differences are a benefit, not a barrier. Our unique perspectives are what bring balance and build bridges. And what's the social challenge? Well, I challenge you to find one person with whom you may not normally start a conversation and ask them five questions, the ones you're about to hear in this podcast. And without further ado, let's get started. I'll tell you more about the challenge and how you can support us at the end. So here we are back having a conversation with one of my favorite people, my dear friend David from Costa Rica. He has been a huge inspiration to me since we have met. Uh, if you paid attention to to my other podcast conversations, I wish I could have with my dad. He was a guest on there talking about serendipity. And I'll have to say that it's serendipity that brings us here one more time for us to have another conversation. You've heard that I've had this crazy idea and we're launching the best of challenge here. And I thought I probably need to take a taste of my own medicine as well. So I need to be able to answer these questions for you as much as I get to ask them of other people. And so I thought it'd be a lot of fun to actually share that experience with David today. So David, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Oh, thanks to you for bringing me here. You don't learn, right? <laughs> you you brought me over again. <laughs> thank you for that. That's an honor for me. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that you don't live so close, because I have a feeling we'd probably be pestering each other a lot more if we were any closer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying, so I'm not complaining on this end. <laughs> so because this is our first podcast and the first way that we're going into this, what I really want to do is we're going to kind of have a back and forth dialogue. We've got some questions that we're going to ask. And of course, we're going to be able to direct you to where you can find these questions and share your own best of challenge out there in the world uh, when you're ready to do this. But I think the first way I want to catch this off is because one of the reasons we're doing this is to kind of recognize that differences aren't barriers, they're actually benefits, and that I think what goes along with that is sometimes people make assumptions about us, right? That may not be exactly true, but they know just enough to make an assumption and then make their call about whether they're going to like us, what they think we'll do, what we'll do. So, so David, what would you say is an assumption that people tend to make about you? Okay. Well, that's a, that's a funny question. Um, I will say that, you know, I, I consider myself a person who really focuses on, on spiritual stuff. I mean, to, to me, that's really important. So I have this, um, this religious focus, so to speak, and that's really important to me. 
Um, I have the strong belief that my beliefs and my spirituality are not something to interfere or judge any person out there. But I know for sure certain people could think of me as a judgmental person, I, I will say, and not, and not in a good way, right? So uh, I've had, a, I don't know, for instance, I have um, many friends who are, I don't know, atheists, for instance, or or they have a way of life that are usually condemned by certain religions. So they think I'm going to pass some judgment to them or I'm going to, I don't know, think something wrong <laughs> about them. And the funny part is that I really don't think, I mean, my beliefs really teach me to get the, and, and look for the best on everyone. And I don't require people to believe what I believe to feel love for my neighborhood, which happens to be one of my main commandments, <laughs> right. love my neighbor. So uh, I've heard a lot of people saying like they're, I don't know, a bit surprised that I'm so quote unquote <laughs> open-minded to them. Yeah. Hard to be open-minded and religious, right? That's what it seems like mm. in this world anymore, right? It's taken as an assumption basically. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I can appreciate that. So, so how about you? Well, you know, for me, I was thinking about this. I mean, I think there's probably a few assumptions that are out there about me, but the one that seems to come up a lot is when I have to tell someone that I'm actually very shy and people always get this look of utter disbelief on their face. You're not shy. There is no way you're shy. I'm like, but I, I am. Now, I'm definitely an extrovert. I need people. I need the energy of people around me. I need people to recharge my batteries. Um, I think as I get older, I actually do prefer a little bit more of my introversion. I do prefer to recharge on my own sometimes, but I know if I'm on my own for too long, it really starts to get to me. But my, my outgoing nature only gets, um, gets a boost or gets triggered if I need to be in a position of leadership or as a role to other people. So for example, if I go to a party and even as a talent, I have woo winning what others over, right? And woos are known as loving social networking and being the social yeah. butterflies and going around and talking to everyone. Life of the party. <laughs> I like almost have anxiety going to networking events. I really don't like them. I never know what I'm going to say to anyone. I never know how I'm going to talk to someone. But if you ask me to stand up in front of the room and talk to everyone, mm -hmm. And then answer questions after that. I'm fine. Absolutely fine. But the idea of having to like walk up and talk to somebody and interrupt them or I just I have a real sense of intrusion when I do something like that. So what what would you say will trigger your, you know, your social skills if you seem to be introverted in general? <laughs> well, if I, <laughs> I think it's my strategic that goes into play with this, right? Like if I'm at a party. I would be a total wallflower unless you're introducing me to your friends or I'll go to the bar because I used to work in restaurants and work as a bartender. So I'll be the girl making your cocktails because then you have a reason to come talk to me and then we might start chit-chatting and then a conversation might happen. <laughs> but I'm in a role where I actually have a purpose. Or if I'm out somewhere and I notice that there's like maybe sitting at a bar, it sounds like I go out to bars a lot and drink, but this is I'm thinking back into my past too, is mm -hmm. if I see people sitting on their own somewhere, 
I will start talking to them so that they're not feeling lonely. And then I'll find someone else and bring them into the conversation. Then I'll bring somebody else into the conversation. Then the next thing you know, they're three talking and I just sort of secretly like ghost out the back door. Right. And like, I just leave them there. (laughs) Um, So it just feels like if I'm setting an example for someone or I'm called into a position to be outgoing and extra, I can be, but to do it for myself on my own. Yeah, you got to have a mission. I need a mission, exactly. I recall the um, the time that you were, um, you, you made a Facebook Live, which is one of our serendipities, by the way, uh, that you were sitting, you were like in a gathering or something, like a conference, and you yeah. went to a cafe or something, and, and then you saw this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually you saw a post of mine in, in, the, in your Facebook feed, and then that gives you the courage to go and reach out for a mission, which was the connection to, to getting new deals with the guy, right? So <laughs> it reminds me of that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was like, oh my God, there's this famous guy sitting behind me and I really want to say hi to him. And <laughs> I couldn't do it. And then you posted something. And I was like, ah, all right, I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> create your future. <laughs> create your future. The the quote by, by Lincoln, best way to create your future or the best way to predict your future is to create it. Create it. Right? Mm-hmm. So that gave me the courage to go do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you. So So that's where we get these assumptions, right? And that's where these differences can come in and we start to make assumptions about people. But at the end of the day, I think we're all pretty much the same. So I really want to focus on you and, and first of all, what, what brings you joy or makes life meaningful to you? Well, silly one, uh, basically Janet Jackson. <laughs> she gives me joy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have this crush since I'm in kindergarten. I just can't overcome it, and I, I still have it. So <laughs> for some reason, I think I'm the only fan she has in my country, and I still, up to now, <laughs> I mean, she's 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 been my therapy during this pandemic. Every time I feel stressed, I put her voice, even if she's in an interview or, or music. But in a deeper level... <laughs> uh, I will say two things. Uh, first, uh, Sarita, my my niece, she's she's really my heart. She she's honestly, uh, I mean, um, she brings me so much um, focus in my life since she arrived to this planet. And then the second one is, I found that I really love creating experiences, and and that's the word I will use: experiences to make people feel empowered to grow. And uh, I live for that. I mean, every time in my work or even in my other, you know, areas of relationships, when I do that, I feel like I'm accomplishing a mission. Yeah. I, I think we share that on some level. I felt it. <laughs> together. Yeah, together, which is probably why we keep coming together in these magical ways. Um and I did, I saw your post about Janet Jackson at some point and I said, well, it might not be Janet Jackson for me, but it's Janelle Monet. Oh, really? And Janelle Monet is my, she's my happy place. Whatever I'm feeling, whatever I'm doing, if I can put Janelle Monet on and listen to her music, I'm just like, oh, I'm so much happier now. She just oh, yeah. lifts me up. So I love Janelle Monet um, <laughs> and her music. She absolutely just, yeah, she does it for me. The joy, I mean, it comes from an experience and it's, it's one of the things I've actually said about coaching is one of the things I miss most is I don't feel like I get to create an experience for other people. I really get a lot of joy and satisfaction creating memorable experiences for people, especially that go beyond their expectations. And that was something I got really satisfied when I worked at Yum and I got to do employee programs and I was running the recognition program and creating events and creating cultural events and 
you know, I was always coming up with something new to get people engaged and bring them together and have fun. And, and that was a lot of fun. And when I left that, I created my own little events company, Bon Vivant Savant. And I was doing underground dinners and family fun nights and picnics and flicks and wisdom, you know, wine and wisdom dinners. And it was always just ways to bring people together create new connections, I still get a deep, deep amount of satisfaction of people that I know met at one of my dinners. And I see them still as friends on Facebook, you know, here 12 years later. Yeah. And I'm like, they know each other because of me. And that makes me feel amazing. Yeah. You're basically creating a positive version of a scar, right? It's like <laughs> a, they they will remember what you uh, made them feel or or made them experience or acknowledge you created an aha moment that's my yeah. definition of experience and, and and i really like what i do for a living now and i love collaborating and creating content creation with people and that that feeds my creative sense in a little bit but i'm still missing that extra level of really feeling like mm-hmm. i'm going out there and creating that that experience you know so yeah. um but yeah i can share that with you So from there, the next question we want to ask you would be, what are you most grateful for? Uh, This is going to sound, (laughs) this is going to sound weird. Um, You know what? (laughs) Let me share a little anecdote here and and you can laugh. So don't worry. Okay. (laughs) When I was seven, I was, I had this, my father was exactly 20 years older than me. So I, I was taking a look at him, getting ready to work. And to me, in my world, that my father was the best looking guy in the world, right? So uh, he was getting ready, you know, coming his hair and everything. And then I said, what will I be when I have 27 years? Because I was seven. And then I said, okay, I think I will have to have three things. Obviously, because I was seeing them in my father, right? So the first one, I was going to be married. Second, I will have three kids, we ended up being five in my family, but in, at the moment we were three. And the third one, this is when you were left, I will be handsome. <laughs> I would never laugh at that. I can see you. Uh, I know you what you look did. like. <laughs> I only you laugh because you say that all the time and you are handsome. I think it's hysterical that you don't think you are. <laughs> but the fun thing is, I, I, I quote that example as, I mean, I was a kid, obviously, but I, I think one of the things I'm most appreciative of in my life is that I never got my life to be as I planted it, but that's not a bad thing to me. I mean, uh, it made me learn a lot and uh, I, I, I redefine my standards, which I consider many to be, you know, wrong on a previous version and I reconstructed myself. So in a way, being a loser from my older perspective made me become a very different person. I rebuilt myself. I, I, I got a really focus into adaptation and perspective. And uh, that allowed me to see the life in a brand new light. Because basically, I'm thankful for everything, right? Because when I don't win, I learn. And that is something I really love. How about you? Right. Oh, gosh. For me, um, there's little serendipitous moments in there because... I'm going to mention my dad. I had a lot more time on this earth than I did with my mom. My mom passed away when I was 11. My dad passed away when I was 27. So that 27 number comes in there as well, right? I've actually done a couple of speeches around this that my life is not a tragedy because when people ask me about my parents, I'm 47 now, right? So I've been 20 years on this earth without any parents at all. My mom has been gone since 1984 and 
but I am so grateful that I had the parents that I had while I had them. Would I like to have them still? Sure, 100%. But my parents were really, even though I had a tough relationship with my mom, she had multiple sclerosis. My parents got divorced before she passed away. She was really affected mentally and emotionally just by the disease and by what was happening to her. And I was still young enough that I I couldn't see that. Like when I got to be her age, I finally understood that a lot more. I had a different perspective, but you know, at eight, nine, 10 years old, she was just annoying, (laughs) right? Like she was just really bothersome (laughs) and it was, it was annoying to me um, because it could be really challenging uh, to deal with her. But we also had amazing times where we played card games and board games and God, I loved snow days. Yes, quality time. Yeah. And when I asked my mom how to spell something, she never told me how to spell anything. It was look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> so like I was taught to be independent at a very young age in many ways. And then my dad, he traveled four or five nights a week after my mom died. He raised me as a single parent, but I still had nannies because he was gone you know, three, four nights a week. So I was kind of bouncing between nannies or family and and moving around. But I never, ever felt the lack of his presence. We talked every night. He was very in tune with what I did. If I had a play, he was there to see it. If I needed a chaperone for a field trip, he was there on it. If he, like, he made sure he was there for when it mattered. But every single day he showed up, even if it was just a 10-minute phone call to catch up. So I never felt that he was missing anything. And he also taught me to be very independent and how to take care Mm. of myself. And it's almost like they knew they wouldn't be around for a long time. Right. So I've been able to take care of myself and I've been able to do a lot because as an only child, no siblings, no family really to speak of that stepped up. Um, I'm just really grateful. I had the parents I did while I had them and it's okay to me that they're not here anymore. Because if they were, I don't know how my life would have turned out, right? And I'm okay with all the steps I've taken in the process since then. So I'm grateful for the lessons I got from them. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic and sweet. And uh, obviously they did a great job because look at what they did. (laughs) (laughs) Still a work in progress, right? So... It keeps going. Oh, a lot of work and a lot of a lot of progress too. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Um, so, from there, we both have some admiration for our fathers. But who is someone that inspires you? That's again a question I should answer in many levels. Uh, in terms of personality, I have a lot of. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm surprised, uh, you know, gratefully with 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 the vision of love that I learned from the, from the figure of Jesus. And I think it's wonderful, uh, which is, by the way, if you ask me, very distant from the religious profiling that you can find on the, on the media, right? I would agree with that with you. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, it, you have to take a look at the original books to start understanding the real biography, and, and you will find a very different profiling to what we find. Uh, other than that, I will quote you a lot of creative people. I think that's the characteristic I could quote. And I'm, I am obsessed, if I have to use a word, with following the tracks of people who is creative. I don't know. Um, everything that has to do with creation, books, uh, poetry, songs, videos, drawings, movies. Uh, so my favorite people in the world is exactly people that for sure is very creative. Um, uh, I don't know, from Christopher Nolan to... 
to Prince, to Michael Jackson, to Trent Reznor, to Bjork, uh, Stevie <laughs> Wonder, for instance. I really get, I mean, I have this thing when I see a movie or I see a video, I have to dig and, and, and do a deep investigation to understand who was the creative um, director of this, who was the director of the video or the movie or who wrote that song, because I need to learn more about this person. And that's how I nurture my own creativity. <laughs> nice. I like that. So do you feel yourself drawn to any particular art over something else or just any arts, any creation? Probably music, because uh, it's the one that's been closer to me since I was little. It, and at certain moment, it was like a really cathartic channel to me you know when I was in teenager years that I mean my parents were doing the best they could but they couldn't understand completely what I was going through uh, music was there you know it was my counselor my friend or and, and, the, and the close to me uh, person and I have many anthems in my life channeled through music mm. uh, later on I, I expanded that but I, I will say that that was my first one so tell me about your inspiration sources. I will tell you my inspiration, but I'm guessing you just said you have anthems. You're one of those people that can pick songs out for moments in your life and describe. Everybody's like, what song would describe your life? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't, <laughs> movies, movies I can do that with. I, huge movie nerd. I can definitely go, that movie is like my life. That movie is like my life. That represents my philosophy. So <laughs> movies I can do, music, not so much. Okay, are you sure what's your favorite movie? Um, I've got so many and I always tell people it's almost better to say directors than movies because I really have such a broad one. But when it comes to movies that feel like represent something about me or my life, the two that come to mind very quickly is Under the Tuscan Sun. Oh, that's fantastic. And because I'm the person who like I got up, I moved away, I moved to Peru, I didn't know anyone, right? Like there was always this desire and I was always very attracted to Italy, loved Italy. So the idea of doing <laughs> that was always very much there. I didn't quite get it, but I still have I still have time. It may happen. Um Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind <sighs> was one of those movies. Um I went to see that movie on a first date and we walked out of the movie theater and he said, oh man, I would love to be able to erase a whole bunch of memories. And I literally just stopped and I looked at him and I said, are you kidding me? He said, yeah, wouldn't you want to just erase all your memories? And I was like, no, I wouldn't erase anything. He was like, but what about like molestation, <laughs> like molestation or rape or people died or a bad breakup or this? And I'm like, but all of those things made me who I am today. Like if I were to take that memory away, how would that change my innate being? How that would change my directions? Like I wouldn't even be who I am without that memory. I just couldn't do it. And I was so flabbergasted. He was like, so where do you want to go to dinner? I was like, no, nowhere. We're good. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, no, no, date's over. Date's over. We're done. <laughs> we don't need to go any further. Right? Like the philosophy. And then, um, yeah. And so those are two that come to mind very quickly when I think about, you know, if you want to know me, watch these movies. All right. On Good. some level. But from an inspiration perspective, I will say it probably goes to the creative process a little bit as well. And I can't narrow it down to one person, but I can tell you if I'm ever watching The Voice or America's Got Talent. I never did watch American Idol. I didn't like it. But the ones that are a little bit more positive, when I watch shows like that, I will cry at pretty much everybody's backstory. <laughs> I 
love people who take a chance to make their dreams a reality. I am always inspired by people who take what I call the Indiana Jones step, right? That person who's willing to leap out into the chasm without even knowing if a path will appear, just knowing that their goal is just over there. They've just got to start. And then the path appears. I just, I will cry every single time, every single story. doesn't matter how often I watch those shows. I can see why. <laughs> I, I, I really do. My, my, you know, a coach friend of mine recently did an exercise with me where we go through like core talents. And one of the talents she comes up with is what is your purpose talent? And my purpose talent is my maximizer. And it's because I truly see everyone's potential and I want everyone to be able to live up to their potential and go after their dreams and do whatever it is that's going to make them happy and find a way to do that that will be sustainable and successful for them. So that's what draws me to do what I do. And those are the people who inspire me are the ones who are willing to go after it and take those steps and those chances. That's fantastic. Very inspiring. So, yeah. So I guess that leads us to if you had one message you would want to share with the world, what would it be? Well, that's a that's a deep question. <laughs> I never said this was going to be easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you didn't warn me enough, I will say. <laughs> All right. So what I will say is, um, you know, uh, we are living in a society that has been basically too focused on what we see um, or what we what whatever is tangible, right? Um, you know, um, physical stuff, uh, materialistic stuff, uh, and 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 if if this year taught us something is that there is not such thing as stability, <laughs> and right now everything's shaking to the ground and everything has to be rebuilt. Uh, some people say that they have the formula for their best business possibles and all that, and well, I, I, I'm not the one who was going to judge what they do. But if you ask me, the real the real thriving from people right now comes from connection, from from bonding, and that's the spiritual level, I will say. So my message to the world will be prioritize spiritual. If I had to put it into words, I like it. I like it, and there's probably some alignment with with mine. I mean, I alluded to it. I think with what I said, like my mission, my my purpose, talent is is maximizer because I really want everyone to be happy. But my message is probably this challenge, right? It's the best of challenge at the moment. It was a message that came to me in a dream. I don't feel like that happens to me very often. So as woo woo as that sounds, it's not something that is a regular occurrence in my life. In fact, it's the first time I've ever received something so strongly and felt so passionately that I needed to do this because my mission in the strengths world has always been something that I've wanted to make as expansive as possible. I want it to touch as many lives as possible. And it's not just about always having a one-on-one conversation, though we start one person at a time and we do the best we can. And I'm not saying it's going to be this global movement by the time I pass away, but I sure hope that I've put a significant drop in the bucket so that people will start focusing on what's really 
right with them. Donald Clifton's words, what will happen when we focus on what is right with people instead of what is wrong with them? And my heart hurts so much with the divisiveness that I see in the world right now. And it's not just in the U.S. and it's not just here in Peru and it's not just in Europe. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm doing this is because I really want us to look at our differences as something beneficial because with our unique perspectives, the way we come at our lives, the way we approach others has an impact. And if we can just look at what kind of positive impact we can make and make different choices that align with going for the more positive choice, I really think we could make some significant change in a fairly short period of time. And I'm not saying next month or even next year, but if we all start to intentionally make a choice to take a more positive approach, make a more positive assumption, if someone is speeding around you and driving like a maniac, if your first thought is, oh my God, what a jerk, you know, (laughs) maybe take a pause and think maybe someone's hurt. Hmm. Maybe someone's sick. Maybe there's a reason they're doing that and not just automatically make the most negative assumption possible. Right. But it's a choice. And so my message would be to just let's make better choices. Let's make more positive choices Hmm. and start there. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, I was recently reading a book called uh, You're It. I don't know if you've heard it. It's about a meta meta leadership. And they use uh, the metaphor of a good leader should be, they use the metaphor of what they call the cone in the cube. Have you heard about that? The cone in the cube? No, I don't know. Tell me. Okay. So think about a cube uh, and you have inside a cone, right? And you do a little hole, like a peephole, a circle of peephole at, at the top and at the side. So if I take a look at, at, at the side, I will see a triangle. But if I take a look at it from the upper hole, I will see a circle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So it's all about joining perspectives because if I ask somebody who saw the side, they will see something different than the one who saw it on the top, but no, none of them are lying. So a truly you know, inclusive person brings all the ingredients to come up with a reality of all the perceptions. Right. Uh, and that implies the differences you're pointing to, right? So if we are smart enough, that could be a win-win, if you are not considering the rest of the humanity because they're different than, then we won't go too far, I guess. So I love what you're saying. We're missing a piece. We've got to, we've got to come together. And I don't want to sugarcoat it and think that that's going to be easy. It's a process. It's a change. It's, it's something conscious that we have to do. I'm, I'm certainly guilty of having those thoughts. I'm human, but the more we can choose to see the possibility in people and what's right with them, I just think we'll get there faster. So that's my lingering message, I guess, in why I am doing what I'm doing and hopefully encouraging others to go out there. And I challenge each one of you out there to go out and talk to somebody. If you talk to a friend, talk to a friend. But what I'd love for you to do is to reach out to someone that you maybe wouldn't normally have a conversation with or you've wanted to talk to and haven't been able to find a reason to talk to them. I want you to go out and 
use this challenge, hashtag the best of challenge to go out there and say, I have been nominated to participate in this challenge. And I would love to ask you these five questions. Do you have a few minutes to sit down and talk with me? I know social distancing is out there. Do it through Zoom, do it on the phone, record what you can, but then we want you to share that with us. And I'll be back in a second to tell you how to do more of that. Um, But for now, David, thank you so much for being a part of this today. I really appreciate you being here and thank you for always being a part of my journey. Oh, thanks to you. You're the sweetest serendipity I can have. (laughs) Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you and have a wonderful week and I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. Okay, thank you. It's still amazing to me. I know a part of this challenge is to talk to someone you don't know very well. And granted, I know David pretty well, but I learned new things about him that I hadn't known before. So it goes to show you, there's always more for us to learn about those around us. I appreciate you taking the time to listen today. As I mentioned at the beginning of our podcast, we're also doing this as a social challenge. We hope for you to share your experience and a photo, video clip, or other artistic expression on social media that would include a summary of the message that the person you spoke to wants to share, as well as a short phrase or word to capture your personal experience. And of course, we want you to use hashtag the best of challenge. For more details on how to do this, please visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the best of challenge, or my website, joeself.consulting forward slash the best of challenge. And if you'd like to hear more interviews, we'd love to have you tip us over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash best of challenge. You'd be supporting not only the production of this podcast, but my amazing editor, Hernan Rocha. Until next time, keep building bridges, not barriers.